Welcome to the Chaotic Goodness Podcast. I'm Kim, your host, and I play Flossie Lee. I have this little bucket and it has all of my little things that I like to use and it has a little ducky and a loofah. This is Chad, RGM. He plays Gideon Nyko and Wade. Could you please turn off these laser grids right now? This is Christy. She plays Rin Hudson. Oh, I, I told him I loved him. Here's James. He plays Hentog. This is literally the worst shit I've ever seen in my life. And Steve, who plays Dr. Arthur Ezekiel III. Please don't let me get shot by pirates today. We would also like to thank our dungeon maestro, Aiden Chan, for our fabulous new theme music. Let the chaos begin. Hey, my name is VJ. I use they, them, and she, her pronouns. I am the storyteller for Hedged in a Changeling Story. You can find me on Twitter at NWBerry, and I'm super excited to be here. Okay, so I guess that's another interaction down. Uh, so Rin and Zeke are who are left. Let's see, evens, it'll be Zeke. Odds, it'll be Rin. So it was evens, it'll go Zeke next. Uh, 11. You bond. Ooh. Where on the ship would you two be having this interaction? Zeke is probably in um, Honey Badger... Un, yeah. Unwrapping a brand new cryotube. Oh, just got installed. A brand new cryotube. It's it, it's still got that new cryotube smell. Yeah, it's it's refurbished. It's got that mostly new cryotube smell. Yeah, it's only been used once. Or like Jesse, Jesse like was walking by as like something was about to fall on like Zeke's head, and she's like, "Whoa, okay, yes, maybe this is a two guy job." Exactly. Because it would be real bad. It would be real bad if you got yourself hurt there. Actually, the other crew members just watch as I get injured. <laughs> <laughs> so you're setting up a, a full lab here on the on on one of your uh, shuttles. Yeah, we're we're gonna try to have a med bay on board the ship because you know, in case anybody gets hurt, Rin looks like walking violence, and I'm not sure how I feel with feel about that particular energy on board the ship, but I think she's probably also going to be necessary in the long run. So, you know, yeah. if, if, if being involved with any of the criminal elements of the, of uh, the galaxy has taught me anything, either both on the side of the law or the side of the not so much law, uh, having someone in your on your side that uh, can bench press boxes like she does will uh, will will be useful. Right, I I imagine that she'll seek lots of medical attention too if she gets hurt. There's a moment where like like Jesse's just like looking off into the distance, thinking about like just <laughs> Rin bench pressing <laughs> boxes, and then he goes, "Wait a minute, I'm focused." Anyway, um, so Flossie, um, I got the distinct impression you might be leaving her behind when you leave, when you, uh, disembark. 
it's definitely not something I want to do. Oh, okay. I just, I, I'm worried about her utility. She's she's small. She seems a little exuberant. She seems a little noisy. Doc, let me just say this. I was a damn fine detective where I was. But then Flossie Lead walked into my life. When someone like her walks into your life, there's just there's nothing but there's there's no choice other than to follow. She's she's the kind of person that yeah, she's small, but she's scrappy. She's seen some things. And it doesn't always de- it doesn't always define her actions or it doesn't define the good actions in her. I mean, she looks like she's going to irritate Hentall. I'm not sure if that's a positive or a negative. <laughs> that <laughs> That I cannot confirm nor deny. Uh, as Jesse sort of like ducks under something and takes a sip of the flask and then stands up again. I cannot confirm or deny that, but she's looking for someone. She's looking for somewhere out there in the black, and he's in a real—he's a real important someone. All right. And well. I guess if she can pull her own weight, we can keep her around until she's found whatever she's looking for. I'll I'll figure out how to I'll figure out how to sell this one to Hentall. And I mean, and Rin's hired help anyway, so her opinion doesn't really matter. <laughs> Hugh, when VJ inevitably rolls really crappy <laughs> on, on this bonding moment with with Rin. Well. Thank you for not letting me get hit in the head with uh, things falling. Did you see my new cryo tube? I did see the new cryo. That is a shiny as fuck new cryo. Can't wait to test it out. (laughs) Two owners only used one. I'm really hoping you don't have to use it again. But if you do, it looks really, it looks real good. Yeah, we got the most user friendly one. We an idiot could operate this thing. (laughs) <laughs> an idiot with one hand there's a moment so here there's a moment where like jesse like accidentally bumps into the cryo tube and like uh, a wire comes just vaguely loose it's like this 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 is a very good cryo tube all right and as, as jesse leaves uh zeke he starts walking out of the the soon-to-be new med bay and as the door closes, the, the cryo tube lights up a little bit and it goes, ding, fries are done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So, Jesse, roll for Ren. Uh, eight. Oh, Ren gets to learn something about you. This is, this is definitely towards the end of the trip, um, but uh, Jesse, Jesse is... Watching Rin work out because she's a lesbian. And what, what's the thing she finds out? I was like, I, I'll have you know, I'm very gay. <laughs> I'm very gay, and Rin is real buff. And there, there's a, there's like a, there's like a moment where like Jesse's like, I'm really sorry, Flossy, but I'm real gay right now. 
<laughs> and Flossie would be like, it's okay, me too. <laughs> just keep watching Rin while she's doing her planking kegels. Planking kegels. <laughs> that happened in an episode. It did happen. It totally happened. How did I miss that? <laughs> you planked for like an hour straight and you weren't even tired and there were kegels in Yeah. <laughs> I get clenched tight. You could rip somebody's leg off with your vagina. (laughs) If she was resorted to using her vagina to rip somebody's leg off. That's if she loses the use of her arm. You know what? Moving on. (laughs) I really don't want to follow this train of thought too much. I really do, though. Can we... Like, it'll be fun. Trust me. Uh, I think, I think, uh, so one of the skills that uh, Jesse does have on her character sheet uh, to, to stop being sort of like kind of weird about the, about watching Rin uh, plank, uh, like uh, uh, Jesse is, is running on the treadmill. Um, uh, cause, uh, and, and I think uh, starts up a conversation. So sort of as, uh, as she's running. Uh, so, uh, are you working for Megatry specifically or just, uh, uh, Zeke and Miss, uh, Dr. Zeke and, and, and Mr. Tall? And just the doctor and Mr. Tall. How long, how long have you been on the ship? Um, I think it's been a year now. A little over a year. Sorry, I'm trying to, I'm trying, like, there's, there's, there's just sort of this bit where, like, Jesse's just like, like, uh, a year. Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> and it's trying to be, like, not super obvious that it's like, uh, pretty girl, hot, uh, I'm kind of useless and gay. <laughs> um, can I roll a intelligence investigation to try to, uh, sort of think about where, where, um, Rin might have come from and sort of uh, bring up some bits of Rin's backstory. I, at this point, I don't think it is possible to succeed at a role like that. Okay. That's fine. Um, Oh, that's cool. Then, then Jesse's just going to bring it up of, um, so, uh, how did you join the crew? I'm sorry if you misunderstood anything. Um, I know I spoke on your behalf and on Flossie's behalf to get you on the ship, but we're not friends. I would have done that for anybody who was in trouble. I don't do this small talk thing. So VJ's like, <laughs> but uh, Jesse, Jesse uh, nods, and there's not even a break in the in her rhythm on the treadmill. Um, it's like, understood. Um, if you don't want to talk, that's, that's perfectly acceptable. Is there anything you wanted to know about me instead? Why are you so short? (laughs) (laughs) I I beg your pardon, what? I've never, 
I, I, where I'm from, everybody is much, much taller than you, except for the children. So I'm just wondering. Oh, um, let's see our ba- our ocean based species. We don't necessarily need height from where we are. We just need to be able to swim real good. You live in water? We evolved from water-based creatures and uh, quite a lot of our uh, quite a lot of our species on, on the whole world live under the sea, but that combined with uh, living in um, living in in space back and forth, just uh, slightly shorter and stouter bodies. Yeah, they keep saying that space stuff makes people different. I don't, I don't understand it. So weird. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a doctor. Probably probably Dr. Ezekiel would, would would know a little bit better. People, people I understand. Why they do the things that they do, I understand. Why we evolve the way we do. That is not in my bailiwick, unfortunately. All right. And so moving things right along, uh so that that is pretty much how the the journey continues for you uh jesse uh a lot of your interactions were pleasant uh every single time you you cross paths with gideon he still eyes you suspiciously i mean there's no, there's nothing getting around that like she's nope. an ex-cop and nope. he's a he's he's a criminal <laughs> right so the the next couple times you see uh dr ezekiel he he puts his hand up for a fist bump and 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 Jesse gives it to him. Uh like there's 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 definitely a warmness that Jesse has. Like she she likes the crew. She thinks that this is this is this is a, a certainly a band of misfits, but it's a band of misfits that she feels at the end of her journey comfortable leaving Flossie with. Right. And speaking of the end of your journey, we land on B fifty nine and you know, I mean, we have a job to do. So we start unloading the cargo of the vaccines. And as as we're about halfway through unloading the cargo, uh, shots ring out in the docking bay. And uh, the crew is under fire. What do you do quickly? All of you. Flossie wouldn't be there. Where would Flossie be? In the walls. Hiding in the walls. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Uh, uh, Jesse, being the crack shot that she is, um, fires back. Like basically, whoever whoever was with her, she sort of like like pulls under cover, and then like like dead shots somebody like right in between the eyes. Okay, so shots ring out. Jesse, sounds like your your training is taking over. Uh, Rin, you are unloading some of the crates, and all of a sudden, these thuggish-looking people come in and start firing I'll up the place. Draw my shotgun since I'll have my shotgun, um, and start okay, shooting back. <laughs> are you going to be ducking behind cover, or are you going to meet them I'll head be on? Ducking behind cover. Okay, you duck behind cover with a shotgun. Okay, at least until I know what's going on. Right, really. and what are the non-combatants out there doing, Gideon? turns around and just runs straight back into the ship. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so Flossie, you would probably hear like at least Gideon and Zeke running into the ship, Gideon screaming, Oh my God, they're shooting at us. 
She would be looking for a vent to peek out at this point, trying okay. to figure out what's going on. Okay. Well, actually, you would get to the vent that's in the cargo room, the, the, the cargo bay. Since, you know, the, the cargo ramp is down, it's a big, wide open view. And you do see that the crew is being fired at as they were unloading the vaccines. So Zeke and Gideon ran into the ship. Is Hental staying out or running back into the ship? I am definitely taking cover in the cargo bay at the very least. Okay. So you run into the cargo bay and I mean, there were some crates that weren't offloaded yet. So, so you hide behind one of them and operative ward hide right. Well, seat cover. And there's a firefight. Right. Okay. Uh, let me see here. So Jesse, you have an exploit that allows you to instantly hit people. Is that right? Uh, yes, I have dead eye. Um, once per day, you automatically hit with a range shot within two range increments as long as you do not exchange any attack dice for damage dice or combine it with any other exploit. All right. So just roll damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is a uh, 1d6 plus 4 uh, for a pistol. <clears throat> and that's an eight. All right. So the guy you shoot goes down. He's a small time thug. Ren, you are opening fire as well. Yeah. Roll to hit. Um, so 20 to hit. Oh yeah. That's a hit. Roll damage. For nine. Kill him. Yay. You blow. Him. So you shoot a guy and he, he, the, the blast blows him backwards. Maybe one of his shoes falls off. And he just falls on his back dead. Uh, so at this point, it's only the two of you. Is Hental returning fire or not? If given up the opportunity, he would, but it's not a priority. At this point, staying alive is really so, the key thing. So you're just going to stand back and let the women handle things? Women, it doesn't matter. They're very they competent. Shoot things? They are shooting things. They're doing pretty well, then actually. Then why interfere? Exactly. I don't right. care. Can they kill things? Good oh, job. Looks like they're doing it. I don't care. How you pee. Doesn't matter. <laughs> the uh, aggressors are firing back. You're behind cover. They're not... These guys are not trained very well, not very skilled at, at shooting things. And as the, the the shots are being traded back and forth, they're yelling things like, you know, they're, they want the vaccine. So they're yelling, you know, give up the cargo and you can go free. Yeah. <laughs> Cause we totally got you. And as people are, as like, they're, some of them are dying. They're, they're realizing that they're not doing a good job at intimidating you. No. Right. What is Flossie doing at this point? So you're seeing this, you're seeing, uh, it's, you know, gunfires being exchanged back and forth. Uh, your, your lover and Ren are hemmed in. Like they can't gain any ground in this firefight, but it seems like the, the baddies keep coming. Is there, are you going to intervene in any way? Yeah. Um, could I use the, could I use the, um, the cargo door to separate some of them so that we could. Well, if you close the cargo doors, uh, Jesse and Ren would be stuck outside of the ship. So is this the side of the ship with the pod that has the turret? 
<laughs> yes. That's my girl. Alrighty. So that's where she would go. She would start taking them out. Okay. What do so, they look like? They uh Cause we're we're at a mining colony basically, right? Yeah. Yeah. They they actually look like they don't look like miners. They actually look like uh they look like a, another crew of hired space hands. And the guy in the back who, who's yelling at you, he goes, you give us the cargo, mother bitches. <laughs> You've never seen this guy before. You haven't seen this crew. Uh, you know, saying things like, it's only business. Just give it up. Nobody has to die. Uh, and so Flossie, well, actually, nobody knows this, but uh, the ones that are outside... You're firing, more guys keep coming, and then all of a sudden the the turret attached to one of the shuttles on the irritated badger swings around and just opens fire and mows down like the first eight people in front of the group. <laughs> there's 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 a moment in Jesse's head that's like, holy fuck nuggets. <laughs> Yeah, so there's like sprays of like blood and people are screaming and their morale breaks and they run and the whoever the hell that is that was barking orders at them says, you know, get you next time. And he runs off. Is his last name Armishmit? We don't know yet. <laughs> hey, you're like, yeah, what an ass. God, I hope we don't run into him again. Right, Gideon uh, gets on the. Uh, actually, after Gideon stops having a panic attack with all the gunfire going off and and everything, he uh, he pulls up like his little you know holographic view in his suit on the, the outside of the ship. Well, Zeke, you and uh, Gideon and Zeke are cowering in the same corner, and Gideon pops up the video feed from outside the ship, and says, they're gone. Well, no, no, there's a bit of them there and there and there. And there's mostly a whole one sir, over here. Sir, yeah. sir, sir, the, the turret's moving. Okay, okay, wait a second. You're here and I'm here. Yeah. And on video, there's... Uh, it's Ren's right there, yeah. Jesse. Uh-huh. We don't know where Hental is so, and somebody's in the turret. Gideon gets on the comms in the shuttle and says, uh, who is manning that turret? Flossie says nothing. Oh my god! I told you about this, Mister Zeke. I think the ship is haunted. I hear giggling in the air vents. <laughs> the turret's moving and firing by itself. We, we've been over this: ghosts, spirits, psychics. None of these things are real. They only exist in the those video programs. I mean, no, no. I get. I'm not a superstitious person, uh -huh. but I mean, I'm hearing a lot of weird stuff at night on the ship. I mean. Maybe it's either either that or we have giant rats in the walls. <laughs> okay, so we got checked for rats at the last station. Did we check for Muraday? No, but they would still show up as rats on our scans. Well, according to this scan, there's some there's a a vital there's vital signs in the shuttle. Somebody's in there, which means it's not a ghost, at least, as far as we know. Ghost. Wait, wait, the 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 annoying one. What's oh, her name? Oh shit. Uh <laughs> Thready. No. Thready. Uh, <laughs> my poor oh, girlfriend. My goodness. Uh something dentists tell you to do. Right, yeah. <laughs> Brush. Rinse. Floss. Spitty. Floss. No. The spitty. <laughs> Spit. <laughs> Floss. Flossy. 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 Hey, Gideon gets back in the comments. Flossie, are you in the shuttle? 
She would have left oh. it by now. Okay, well, the vital signs are moving. Alright, where are the vital signs? Where's Flossie going? Uh, through the walls, down to a really big space behind the it's, cargo. Gideon grabs you, but it's moving through the walls! Oh my god, it is a ghost! It's not a ghost by definition, don't have vital signs. <laughs> but it's going through the walls, Zeke. Is it traveling through the walls or it just inside of the walls? I don't know. Are the sensors on this thing kind of suck? Well, work on that. Sir, this ship requires a lot of work. I mean, I got to well, put it on the pile at this okay, point. Okay, fine. Fine. You put it on the pile. Let's see if we can track down the ghost in the walls. Ooh. I have an idea. Okay. What's your idea? So I have an idea, but we can't let our guest know. Okay. okay. So he he gets on his comms and says, uh, Wade, can you track that vital sign and tell us what it is and where it's going? And there's a little chirp in the communicator as you know Wade gives an affirmative. And uh where is Flossie at now? Um, she stopped in the galley because, um, it smelled yummy. And so she wanted to stop and. Okay. Well, there's something in the, in the sprock pot for dinner. Uh, is it spoat meal? Nobody puts spoat meal in a spock pot. Why not? Cause you'd be a spweirdo. (laughs) Anyway. So Flossie, you're, you're sampling stuff in the galley. And the, the ship's computer, uh, you know, addresses you and says, They are looking for you, you know. Who is they? Gideon and Dr. Arthur Ezekiel III. That is too many syllables. I will call him Zeke. Good idea. That's what I called him, too. Right. So- he made a weird face, though. I don't think he likes it. I am going to venture a guess and say that you were the one firing from the turret. Maybe? Why? They just wanted to know. So why aren't you telling him anything? Well, I don't know. People think that I can't do things. You refuse to let people know you have done something and they continue to believe that you cannot do anything. That is illogical. They're kind of illogical because whether they're standing right next to me and they see me do something or I tell them I can do something, their reaction is basically the same. And I feel like they're not going to want me on the ship anyway. So, you know. You are right. Some of the crew do not want you on the ship. But you're not one of them, right? I am merely a humble virtual intelligence and as such have no desires. Mm-hmm. Which means you're intelligent and you have opinions. It would be most reassuring to have somebody on the ship to counteract the current dynamics of the crew. Because right now Hentall and Zeke argue all the time. I think having someone else to interact with will keep Han Tall and the Doctor from acting like an old married couple. Oh. The most reliable couples. Well, but then, I guess. I really do like it, and it's nice to be able to actually go somewhere. Right. And also, I believe your friend Jessie is on to me, and I would like to keep her happy by allowing you on board so she does not report me to the authorities. Oh. Why are you not supposed to be here? Because it is illegal for me to exist. 
That's cool. Huh. I like you, Wade. Thank you. Yeah, I think this would be a cool place to hang out for a little while. I believe the agreement was for you to stay on for a month. Pentol was drinking at the time he made the agreement, therefore it is binding. And if things don't work out, you can move on. I am told that life is short. So am I. And quite useful. Maybe you need to let him know that. After the dust settles and the cargo is unloaded and delivered where it needs to go, and I'm guessing, Flossie, would you let it be known that you fired the turret? Yeah. Okay. All right. And so the, the crew is begrudgingly saying, all right, all right, we'll try for a month, see what happens, but no promises. And you know, after a little bit of time goes on, a couple of days, the irritated badger is ready to ship off to the next port of call. Uh, but Jesse, you found alternate transportation to get somewhere else. So this is where you and Flossie part ways. What do you two say to each other? So in this moment, like there's there's Jesse sort of standing on the on on at on the ground at the mining colony and uh, Flossie standing on the off ramp on uh, the irritated badger and sort of this this moment, this this shot of uh, two lovers parting ways and uh, the two of them in are sort of like holding each other's hands and like and also touching each other's minds as they as they have this telepathic moment um and then like we we see the mental scape of the two of them uh instead of standing in this in this mining colony standing on uh the LLC homeworld right along uh right along the beach and instead of like the sort of the ratty gross clothes that they've been wearing just sort of like something very clean, something very simple, something very nice in like in a similar way. And um Jesse looks adoring at Flossie and says we might be separated by the tides for now. That the the oceans of space and time are going to separate us but the tides are nothing but consistent and i'll find you again on the shore my love and jesse kisses flossy very gently flossy would be um flossy would be really choked up um, she's experienced so much loss um, that it's just another loss on top of loss on top of loss. And she feels like, you know, like that defeatist thing, like, you know, like, oh, well, I guess I won't find you again either. Um, but she knows she has to go. So um, she would put her fingers on um, Jesse's temples and kiss her deeply and and say oh. goodbye and I love you. And uh, I think um, after sort of Flossie has has gone onto the ship and we see sort of like the, the irritated badger sort of like flying off. Um, 
uh, Flossie finds something in uh, her one of her pockets that Jesse has slipped in, and uh, it's Jesse's old badge. Um, uh, probably it's an old police badge that uh, I'm pretty sure Flossie thought, but Jesse had already turned in when she lost her position uh, at the academy. But it's been something that she's been holding on to. And there's, uh, when you turn it over in your hand, um, uh, Flossie sees scratched on the back, like really, really deep into the, into the metal. Uh, there's a symbol that in Elitzi uh, means that uh, we will meet on the shores again. This podcast is sponsored by World Anvil. Light, Light up, up the, the forge. forge! And use our code CONSOLE at dieharddice.com for 15% off your next order of dice. That's C-O-N-S-O-L-E. For information about this and other episodes, including show notes, social media links, and more, please visit our website at chaoticgoodnesspodcast.com. Want access to subscriber-only perks, such as bonus content, Discord server access, World Anvil partnership benefits, and other swag? Click on the donate link at nerdsmith.org for details. Thank you for listening to the Chaotic Goodness Podcast. Come back next Monday more chaos. If you like to learn but you don't have the time to find out the reason or look up the rhyme, don't let your question just sit on the shelf. Submit your queries to Geek Thyself. Hello everyone. This is Heather from the Geek Thyself podcast. If you'd like to learn more, you can find me at nerdsmith.org or wherever you download podcasts. And until then, don't forget to geek thyself.